he just like wow. what what did that do for you then like what yeah say that again i mean what did that do for you i mean somebody that 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 you had to walk around and then one person says yes i'm gonna do it. how did you feel at that time L- listen no special and i i decided then and there that any young person that i can help in any way i mean i may not have money or whatever you know like for example that's why if if, if a young person asks me for a reference um i'll stop whatever i'm doing and i'll do it for them you know once it's somebody i know and so on anything to push somebody ahead um and it's because i remember that because i'm saying if he didn't do that I probably would never have got through, you know, and all the opportunities I got after that. Because you see, once once you have a degree, you know, in all countries and you have drive and ambition, some doors open for you. They just start opening. And um, so that, no, that was an amazing thing. And, and the way he just did that. And, um, and I didn't know his circumstances. I didn't know whether he had or not. But I think he just decided I was somebody he could. He was confident I would come back, and he was confident that I would get through the degree, and he was confident that I would serve my my bond, you know. So um, that that helped my self esteem as well. So you went into HR. Okay, yeah, yeah, that that's where, right, right, right. So let me come back to that. So 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 what happened? I came back and um, and I was teaching, and then the time passed when I had decided, boy, you know, medicine is out of it for me, and then I sat down and I said. So how do I move on from here? And the way I did it was, I said, okay, so I've worked for 10 years. What are the skills I got? What are the things I've been interested in? And um, all how I calculated, the thing that gave me joy was helping people develop. And so, um, so I went, I took a job, I left teaching and went to NDFD and and um so there i started their training unit uh um, many many years ago and and that was an exciting job now now that is where um at ndfd because in those days um the ngo movement was very powerful um so they were connected across the, the caribbean and they had programs and they had funding and you know so at ndfd i was able to get um develop i i, I was able to attend programs in adult learning and the more the more i got into this the more i got excited the more i, I say yes i like this i like this because even as a teacher i prefer to teach children that i can reason with um uh, you know that yeah so i always like uh, the older children you know that we can argue they can disagree with me you know and that sort of thing so uh, so that was NDF, and then what I did, and and to anybody listening in terms of, I know I know young people coming out and they say, well, you know, we can't get a job, and they ask if you have experience, and you know, how are you going to get experience if you don't get a job? Let me tell you what I did. I volunteered for every single thing. Let me tell you, I was volunteering on all kind of committees. On these committees, there were people who were being paid, and I was a volunteer, and I was working twice as hard as the people getting the salary. And that is how people got to know me because I was just in everything. And then when my first job out of Dominica, um, it was because of that volunteering. People would know, had got to know me and they know the quality of my work. And also they realized I'm a good guy to deal with. You know, I, I'm trustworthy and you know, I will do what I say I'm going to do. And then what they actually invited me to apply for this job as UWI um, and USA. And that was, that was in learning and development. So that's how I, I kept going. And while at UWI now, the nice thing working with UWI, uh, once you're working there, you can go ahead and do your master's and whatever. So then that's how I got into the Sheffield University 
um, training and development master's degree program, master's in education. And uh, with the UW, the way UWI used to work, I and mean, maybe they still like that, for the staff, they give you um, study leave, they give you study grant, they, they really make sure that their staff can keep developing. Yeah. So that, that's, that's how I, I, I moved up. And then job, job after job, I just end up you know, going more and more into HR. That is awesome. What were you, what were some of your like what were two of your favorite roles ever? Like two of the your most huh? places that you worked or two of your favorite things. Roles. You said roles. Once oh, you once you talk about roles. Let's talk about roles first. Yes. <laughs> once you say roles, um the, the, the role that I value more than anything else is being a father. I have I have I have three daughters and let me tell you, there's nothing in life that I've enjoyed more. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not claiming that I did it perfectly, but I just say I enjoyed it. I enjoyed raising my three daughters, and also I'm so proud of them to see how you know they become independent women. They become very confident, and uh, you know, so so I, I, they become. And, and I always prayed that they would be good people. I never prayed for them to be rich or for them to be famous or anything like that. I just wanted, and I find they are good people. You know, they have good hearts. So that, that's my favorite role. Of course, the, the other role that I really loved was um, high school teaching. Um, that, yes, that gave me, I did that for 10 years. And that, that's the job that has given me the most satisfaction in my whole life. And, and you know, and, I, and it, keeps, it keeps giving back because almost every year I hear from or I meet someone I taught, um, you know, who just say something, you know, just, just express appreciation for, um, you know, for me being there, for me guiding, and, and they would be very specific about it. So that, and, and, and many of them have gone much further than I have. I mean, I have quite a few students who now have um, PhDs and, you know, they, they've reached very high positions. And I feel very proud, you know, that I was part of, of their success. So do, those are my, my um, if you talk about roles. Um, in terms of jobs, um, after I left UWI USAID, I went to, Eastern Caribbean Central Bank. I love it. I went, you know when 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 I when I sent out the broadcast that uh -huh. you on people who you've worked with at at um at Eastern uh, Eastern Caribbean um, Central Bank. Central Bank. Uh -huh. They were messaging me. They're like, "Oh, that's good. That's the people I had never spoken to ever. or don't even know existed." And I was like, "Okay, everybody, come out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, 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 um, no, I hold that place dear to my heart. And I'll tell you why. When, so, it, I, I, many people don't realize, but the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank was one of three multi state, multi country, um, national, um, central banks in the world. And the other two were in Africa, and the other two were not doing half of the things that ECC was doing because, um, so, so the European Central Bank started long after ECCB, and they actually sent a team to ECCB to study how ECCB was able to manage eight ministers of finance, because that, that's the mind-boggling thing. In most central banks, you have one minister of finance who can just say, print more money, and it's done. Uh, with ECCB, you have eight of them, and they are in different kinds of microeconomies that not always facing the same adversity at the same time. So whereas one will want to go a particular way, the other one will say, but nothing happening by me. I don't have any hurricane. Why you all want me to do this? You know, that sort of thing. So, so it was a fascinating place to work. And I think 
I think what made it even more fascinating is the gentleman who stayed there as, as head, um, so Kate White Venner, who's now, now deceased. One of the things he did, he set out in his mind that he was going to make that a sort of um, brain center for the Eastern Caribbean. So he collected the best minds. He wanted the best minds from all the countries. Um, so I know you know about the Grenada Revolution. A lot of yes. a lot of great minds came out of that, and uh, and some of them would have been ostracized because you know people have their, their their feelings about you know what happened or what didn't happen and so on. And he provided a haven for these great minds. There, there were a few of them who joined, and he, he took them in, and he took people from all over. Let me tell you, it was an inspiring experience. In those early days, um, I went there in '95, and in those first few years, um, we would be. I mean, we would have management meetings, and that's one thing. But outside of the management meetings, we'd just be discussing the Caribbean, discussing, you know, the way forward, ideas, and that sort of thing. Because there's some very bright people, you know, who just happen to be there. So the other thing he told me, so when I went, I went with the masters and so on, and I said, I started talking, because in those days, uh, we had started looking at standards, VS, VS 5742, ISO 9000, that sort of thing. And you know what he told me? He told me, you know, he told me, listen. The things you're going to have to be doing here, nobody else has done them yet. So we have to set, we have to blaze the trail, set our own standards. And at, but, but at first, listen, no, at first I'm saying, well, what am I talking about? But after I realized what you're saying, because um, some of the things I did there, uh, I would not have got the chance to do them anywhere else. Uh, for example, performance management. At the time when I went to Central Bank, most, most companies in the Caribbean, except for one or two from outside of the region, they had a very archaic way of managing performance. And, and, and we just decided at that time, we're going to go ahead of the curve and we're going to start me measuring performance, like defining the performance before the performance period, making sure people agree on what the standards are, make sure the standards are measurable. Mm -hmm. And then, do, so we set up a performance management system, which was, which was new and different. I mean, right now, a lot of companies have it and they take it for granted. But in 1995, there's very few Caribbean companies that had that. And we, we kind of pioneered, you know, that, that, that. I remember fighting with economists because the economists felt like, like chemistry people. They are, they're also prima donnas. They, they felt that their work was so special that nobody could write, um, you know, could specify, you know, measurable objectives for them and so on. So I had to fight with them. And, and right now, they just take it for granted. They now know that their, their thing is measurable. So that was one. Um, the other thing we did, uh, which was also new in the region, was um, an employee assistance program. And, and, and that was, um, and, and, and you know how I know they were special? People who left ECCB after, while I was there and they went to international organizations. That is when they realized how far ahead we were. Because when they went to international organizations, they were now trying to implement the things that we had got through in terms of um, HR and, and managing, you know, and, and the ways we are doing it, the consultative way. One, one of the other things we did as well was, um, like right now, it's, it's normal for people to have retreats and workshops and all of those kind of things uh, within the organization. Back then, it was only the NGO community that knew about those things or that embraced those things. And, and I remember one of the first things we did, and, and again with Sir Kate White, he, we brought the board members because, because, you know, usually a board sit down and it does this and that. And he said, no. And he had me, I had made the board members draw. The, and, and he said, listen, if I can draw, all of you can draw too. You know, I make them draw. You know, I make, I make them do all kind of coach on it. Because, because one of the things we do in the Caribbean is that we intellectualize stuff. 
And once we intellectualize stuff, then it's my intellect against yours and nothing real happening, right? Very so what I, what I had to do with these bright people is disarm them with a lot of strange exercises, you know? And sometimes I'll just start by saying, please trust me, work with me with this, you know? It might not seem relevant, but I know where I'm going, I know what it is. And eventually, eventually um, they came to trust me. And, and the gratifying part was that, um, so after I left, I, 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 I don't think, you know, they, they may have gone a different way and so on. And what, what was very... What was very pleasing to me was that when the new governor came in a couple of years ago, um, his senior managers told him, hey, listen, send for Morello. You know, he can, you know, this, if you want to do that, 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 send for him. And, and well, why, why, did why did you leave when you left? Why did you leave? He left. <laughs> okay, so. You're giving us the tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have to choose my words carefully. Um, so, <laughs> here, here it is. So, so, I had been there, I had been there for. 10, 11 years, and the, the world had changed, uh, the organization had changed, and the organization had started becoming more, what I call that word, they started standing more on ceremony, the, the, they started, and, and, and I understand why, because the, the, the shareholders, the countries were saying, IMF, World Bank, everybody was saying, this is what we need from you. This is what you need to do. Stop doing all these other wonderful things you're doing. You have to do central banking things. And um, I guess that was interpreted internally as um, putting everybody in a box. And uh, I'm a small guy, but it's difficult to put me in a box. Uh, <laughs> you do what you want. Just say that. Now. No, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I just break over the box and I go. Uh, because uh, it was... It was, I no longer had the latitude um, to try all those wonderful experiments that, you know, I, I had before. And also, you know, I feel after you stay a certain amount of time in a role, you probably need to move. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, because you might believe you're doing wonderful things, but there might be somebody else, you know, sitting there who have even brighter ideas and, um, and their time has come and your time passed, you know, that kind of thing. So I felt, and, and when I moved, um, a lot of people got opportunities. I think they had quite a few um, different heads, so they got to get the experience. So, so basically, if, if I'm in an organization and I cannot speak very confidently and know that I have the full support of the entire, you know, the leadership of the organization, then I have only two options. Either become the leadership or leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so usually, anytime I meet that and I cannot become the leadership, then I'm gone. Uh, because again, because of my core values, you know, I have to be true to myself. And if I cannot be true to myself, then I cannot stay. You understand? Know yeah. But, but, but having said all of that, it was an amazing experience. And I think, I think some of the people who went through, who went through ECCB probably not even aware of how special that experience was. Um, it's only those who then go to international organizations, they will realize, boy, you know. For example, um, if you take the same, the same level of worker uh, working at Central Bank of Barbados or Central Bank of Jamaica or, you know, one of the other independent central banks, they don't have to face the same complexity that an ECCB worker has to face. So, for example, an economist at... at, at um, Central Bank of Barbados, uh, she just has to contact one Ministry of Finance and she has all her data and she has all her information. So can you imagine that same economist in ECCB 
you have to find information from Grenada, which is a separate government, a different administration from Antigua, you know, from so it, it, it introduces a level of complexity that would force your people to develop in ways that they wouldn't develop if they didn't have that level of complexity. So wow. um, no, yeah. So no, it was a fascinating experience, that one. Well, we're getting some some feedback here. Um, already saying good night. Hey, hi, Oriel. Hi, haven't seen you in a long while. Prince, <laughs> uh, Prince is locked in uh, somewhere in in Europe, and he's saying the man who encouraged me to come here. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. So he's actually, I think, he's doing a degree of some sort. Um, okay. uh, in in Europe, and very good. Very good. You were one of the people who inspired him to 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 get into what he is. Um, he's doing right now. I want to talk a little bit about your writing because you did not. You, you mentioned earlier that you have a, a passion for for literature and writing and short stories, and you actually decided to write a, a book. Why did you decide to write a book? And can you tell us a bit about it? Okay. Okay. So so let's go back to the short stories part. Um, one of the reasons I stopped writing short stories is um Don't tell me that good. Huh? Don't tell me that That black pause. No, not that one. Not that one. No, what happened what happened what happened was that so my my stories would come out in the star um every Friday, Friday or Saturday, right? Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then I was in fifth form and what they would do is that my my friend would bring the story to the literature teacher and they started analyzing my stories in literature class and you know it it's amazing because it, it was fascinating how because because you you know how literature works they're mm -hmm. trying to they're trying to figure out what was happening in my mind and what's happening in my life that i write that and so on listen that thing scared me so much i stopped writing I just say no, no, no. That story thing, no, 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 no. Because, because again, at that time, I was a very private person. I was saying, wait a minute. I didn't ask all from my writing. Right, right. So, 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 so that 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 phase went. What has happened over the last few years is that I have had so many. I've had the privilege of having so many experiences. I mean, in the Caribbean and outside of the Caribbean, uh, that I feel somehow I have to try to start leaving back some you know some of the things that i gained along the way um because uh, it doesn't it's not mine it's i got it and i have to kind of give it back um i was in europe uh, many years ago uh, for uh, i went to a meeting and um a european gentleman who was who had done development work in the caribbean we were at the co cocktail and he said you know the caribbean has solved all of its problems already mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? I said, what, what do you mean? And he said, I have visited your universities, I have visited your institutions, and the number of research papers I've seen there. You have researched all the possible problems you have, and you have come up with solutions for them. So what's happening? It's just, it's just that you're not implementing them. And you know, I mean, that, it made me feel a way. But the more I think about it, I said, boy, okay. Maybe there's a reason why we're not doing this thing. And that's, that's how I got into action learning. Because, because with the process of action learning, you cannot keep meeting and not take action. So, um, so you have to act your way into learning. And 
as I do the action learning across the Caribbean. So I've done it. I've done it with people from all countries of the Caribbean, and that's with the exception of so let's leave out Bahamas, Cayman, and those. But let's say um, all the countries, you know, the Eastern Caribbean, all like most of the Caribbean countries, mm -hmm. so including Suriname, Suriname, Trinidad, Jamaica, and so on. And in those sessions, people are solving problems. Now, I have no control over whether they implement the solutions, but they're coming up with breakthrough solutions for the problems. And, and so I said, now, to do two things, to honor them, as well as to showcase this method as a way um, that we can reach solutions, you know, jointly, I was going to write about it. So my book is really an account. So, so I, I describe the process. And as I describe the process, I'm going to fill it in with um, examples, examples, you know, of Trinidad, examples all over. Um, so that, that's what I'm writing. So, so one, one of the things I learned, for example, is that the process um, incorporates the generations very well. Uh, so I had, I had like four experiences where I had people my age and probably a little more senior than I am. And then I just bring in a very young person in there. And at first, you know, there's the usual, um, you know, what's that person doing there? You know, what, what right they have to be among us? You know, they're not saying it, but you can feel it in the attitude. Oh, and it's really? almost like when, they, when the person, you know, the person's afraid to open their mouth because they figure like, you know, them old people there, they're not going to quite take me on and that sort of thing. But the process requires everyone to be equal. And, um, and I got some very good feedback from the younger people. They say, you know, that's the only gathering of people, you know, senior to them, where they felt respected. They felt um, that people listened. And, and then, so I realized that part of our problem is that we don't listen to each other, you know. So, um, so, that, so I'm really hoping that um, the process takes off. Um, we are, I, I, I put my, I, I mean, I, I jumped. <laughs> I, I, I started Wild Caribbean, World Institute for Action Learning Caribbean. That's what, that's what I was good, about to get into. Right. right. Um, I, you uh, jumped the ball on me. Okay. <laughs> but but tell me a little bit about that, yes. Tell me a little right, bit. Right. So the World Institute for Action Learning, that was founded by um, Michael McQuart, uh, Professor Michael McQuart. And um, we always joke that he's like third in line to Einstein because Einstein mentored somebody called Reg Revens and Reg Revens mentored Mike McQuart. And, and so he developed this, this fascinating, I mean, he took, he drew from other disciplines and from other work and, and he created this method, uh, which um for problem solving leadership development organization development that sort of thing team building and what what he did is he formed an institute which is the world institute for action uh, action learning which now has about close to 30 countries 30 countries um that include um so you have brazil canada china um, thailand india france poland uh, russia vietnam cambodia UK, you know, so so you you have all these countries in it. So in 2015, I met I met him in 2006. So I I did some early work with him in the Caribbean while I was at the Central Bank. That's another thing I was able to bring him to uh, the Central Bank as well, where we did some work. And uh, so I was in on it even before he formed the institute. And then as the institute developed, he kept urging me. You know, he said, no, 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 you need to. 
you know, you need to start a Caribbean affiliate, you need to start a Caribbean. And uh, so in 2015, I started the, 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 the um, Caribbean affiliate. And not only did I start it, but I jumped up at the conference and chose 2021 as a year in which Wild Caribbean will host the international conference. Now, let me tell you, I do that without knowing. Wow. And, that, 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 and that's why sometimes I get worried when we start talking about things, because I find sometimes when all people talk about things, the first thing they say, oh, we don't have resources, oh, we don't have money. No, no, no. You have to have the will. So once you decide you're going to do something, let me tell you, if you are committed to doing it, somehow the resources will pull itself together, you know? And uh, so I say I'm going to do it. So, and 2021 is not um, very far. So, um, so we're going to do that. Now, now, so I don't know if I can explain action learning, but it's really a little more about it. Right. So it, it's a, a small team. You're having a small team working on real problems, taking action and they learn while doing so. So we usually don't have more than eight people in the group, right? So um, and let me give you some examples of where I use. Well, even, even at the Central Bank, one of the things we did, um, we, 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 I was working with the managers there, 38, 38 of the managers. And um, what we did, we said, OK, you have a new strategic plan for your organization. Pick out a problem that you own in that strategic plan, you know, based on your area of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, what I did, I got, I, I got the HR people to, to pick a random group of staff, no matter what level, what discipline, just a random group of staff, uh, no more than than five or six. And so, for each manager, they sat down with this random group of staff, and I coached, I coached the group. Now, the way the thing works is that you can only speak in that session if you are asking a question or if you are answering a question. So you know, people like me have a lot of lap wall. That's a very difficult thing to do. Wow. But 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 what it does, it's brilliant for Caribbean people because Caribbean people um, pride themselves on being eloquent. As a matter of fact, once somebody can speak eloquently, we figure they're smart and they can do things. Mm -hmm. And we forget that the two things don't go together. There are a lot of people who are very eloquent, but they can't do smart. Um, so you, when when some when, so if somebody starts speaking. Um, and they're not asking a question, I would ask, well, what question are you answering? And they say, well, I, I say, okay, so do you have a question? And so they must ask a question. Because what we have found is that questions define the unknown uh, much better than um, statements. And as a matter of fact, uh, we also say that when you make statements as a leader, you get three kind of reactions. And I call them the three Ds. You either get defiance, uh, defensiveness, or ah, the last one slips me now. <laughs> but but so if you make a statement, um, people are like um, you know they try to defend themselves, yes, or they like get uh, defiant in the sense that who you think you are to tell me all of that, and that's even if they don't say, it, but that's what's going on in their head. So you're not getting any benefit from that. And of course, the third one is dependent. If if you are leading people or if you're in a group and you always have the answer, people will stop thinking. Why bother think? If 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 JL going to answer it anyway, so I just sit down. I say JL, what is what is the answer again? You know what what we must do, you know. So so you have so you have managers leading. They have thirty five people with them, and they're doing all the thinking. They're doing all the figuring, and the thirty five people are taking a free ride because they have not honored these people's um, contributions and they have not invited them. They have not asked them questions, and in our century, it is even more important 
because 50 or 100 years ago, if you got to the position of manager, chances are you knew more than the people around you. Mm -hmm. It's not like that anymore. Um, I walk into organizations and the youngster who just come from high school know a lot of things that those people at their 20 years have no clue about. That is so, um, so true. That is so, so, so true. Right. So the new, the new way of doing business is that uh, as manager, as you know, if you, you also have a leadership role, um, you cannot abdicate your responsibility. So your neck is on the block, but you have to admit you don't have all the answers and you have to bring the other voices to the table. Uh, and I look around at the Caribbean all the time. There are a lot of crises that we have. And I say, you know, okay, so, so another example. Every country when, I go when to. That, when you say um, that, it just sounds to me like it's all about building a team and letting them come with you. So you're not, you're not really, you're not really saying do this, do this, do this in terms of the micromanaging aspect of it. Everybody comes on the journey with you because everybody has an equal input or at least they feel like they have an equal input because it's a team, right? That's what the team is supposed yes. to. Yes. yes. Well, wow. indeed. And, and sometimes our ego gets in the way. So, so um, my last, the last workshop I had, um, one of the difficult things people had, and, and they were like, you know, so really, so I say, listen to me. If you ask your team for suggestions and somebody comes up with a brilliant suggestion that you had thought of before, forget that you thought about it. And they say, really, should I say? Because they cannot resist the urge of saying, yeah, but I thought about that. No. Just say, thank you, Jane. That's a brilliant idea. How, how do you see yourself, you know, working with us to get that done? And let me tell you, yeah. Jane, believe okay. idea. Man, Jane, Jane going to sleep last night. Jane going to research on the internet. She going to call friends. Yes. And, 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 and then, you have, then you have this, this employee that was probably like chillaxing and now they, they feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, Not alive. Alive and ready. Yeah, yeah. Alive but, now, yes. Sometimes, some, sometimes we let the ego get in the way. Uh, they say it's two things that can let you crash as a leader. Is ego or stupidity? So it's one of the two. So usually, ego, you know, gets in the way. Now, Uncle, yeah, I don't know where I am now with the question. <laughs> when, when you, when you, in comparison to how you grew up, um, do you think that there are any deficiencies that that hinder personal development right now? Like, ah, that's a good one. Um, one of the things that made me who I was who I became is that um, I had a certain amount of freedom. So although we had restrictions, um, there's some fears we didn't have. So I could relate to people. I mean, I could go and spend the whole day by the sea. You know, I, I, could, I could do. And, and um, so uh, one of the things now I find is that um, parents, especially in the urban and suburban areas, they're so scared. And I guess maybe they have good reason too because of everything else that's happening. Um, but their children are not given that level of freedom to interact and develop the social skills. Um, so, so, uh, so, I guess they use social media, but that's a different thing. Um, you know that that as a human, you have to get get you know real. So, I, I, I think I think that more than anything is a bit of a, a stumbling block. So, we um, still lack in the human interaction. Yes, yes, no, definitely, definitely. Because, because let me tell you, with us, um, we, there are some things, and I say maybe we were naive, because there's some things I hear about now. I mean, I had no clue. I, and I say, boy, if I knew those things existed, probably I wouldn't do a lot of the things I did. But, um, you know, we, we interacted. I mean, I got, and, and people, 
I found people who they they guide they felt that they could guide you. Like right now, people are afraid to talk to people children because they figure, boy, one way or the other, I'm gonna get in trouble, or you know, da 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 da. Um, so I, I I think that 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 is one of the difficulties. The the other thing the other thing that I think um, we've left. You see, as I define the core values, um, those didn't just drop out of the sky. I believe I came by those things because of all the, you know, I hear all the proverbs, you know, the granny, mommy, everybody was preaching those things all the time. You know, everywhere you go, the teachers, they had, um, they had these nuggets of wisdom that they would fire at you, and we kind of internalize them and then develop. So, so um, for example, I, I, I was very... I, I found it a little strange a few years ago uh, when they had the, a couple of years ago when they had the U.S. election, and I had, uh, you know, some young folks talking, and I, I talk about value system, and I was amazed, and these were educated children, I mean, they had gone to uh, state college, and so, and they didn't get what I was talking about in terms of core values, they didn't get, because even if I had not defined mine, but I also knew about having a sound ethical compass, and a, a set of you know, a, a core that would stay there. And and I since then, between 2016 and now, I keep asking my peers, how did we come by those things? Because those are the things. So, so for example, the, my close group of friends, um, I mean, you know, you can never put both of your hands in fire for people, but I can put a one whole hand in fire for them and uh, about certain things. Like I said, they would not do that. Or they wouldn't do that. Because it's a core, a core, a set of core values. And I find that um, that uh, sometimes I find that we didn't provide that opportunity for people to develop that. Now, having said that, I was I was blagging like that among some young people at at university, and they straightened me out. And um, I, I remember one in particular from Dominica. Uh, she she said, "Hey, listen, you got it wrong, Uncle Bo. Um, you're judging the generation, um, you know, unfairly." And since then, she would send me um, examples of things that her peers are doing in the different countries, you know, that, 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 um, that reflect, you know, song values, uh, social conscience, and all of that. So even as I said what I just said, I am refining it and saying not all. There is a pocket of people who still get in the right stuff. It's how we support them and make sure they lead rather than the others, you know.